I got the edge and you got the edge and we're gonna take it to the top. Gonna take it to the top, yeah. Take it to the top. Welcome to Authority Marketing Edge. Today, my guest is Carol Boston, the queen of reframe. And uh, I found out a couple of things before we got started here that I thought was really cool. Um, Carol comes from 26 years in sales from a from Fortune 100 companies. And uh, one of the coolest things is I thought that she is a uh, she was a collegiate and professional tennis player um, for the LSU Tigers was her oh, alma mater. So I want to like hear a little bit about that, because uh, like I've always felt like I've been a hardcore athlete my whole life. And so I just love connecting with other athletes because they're just such a cool mentality that goes behind the training and it really makes you kind of like who you are. So uh, without further ado, let's just get into this, Carol. Wh what I like to start out with is like telling a little, telling the audience a little bit about your journey from being in a uh, corporate world of sales um, to starting your own business and kind of like how that came about. Well, I've been known as the reluctant entrepreneur. You see, I was a weird salesperson. I love structure. I love corporate America. And I'm a rule follower, which most, most salespeople are not. So there I was, 26 years. I had sold over $70 million in revenue, walked the stages, gotten the awards. I could do this in my sleep, right? I thought I had it made until the day I got that call. And they told me they were cutting my territory by 80%. And I'm like, 80%? I've been building this territory for six and a half years. Well, you didn't have to tell me twice, Steph. I thought they were setting me up to fail. It was time to go look for another job. Now, I just told you I love large corporate structure, but a friend of mine whispered in my ear about an opportunity at a much smaller company. So I went on the interview. They interviewed me twice, gave me the job, doubled my base pay plus commissions, gave me a director title. I could just see the potential, right? Now, there I was six weeks into this job. I was on vacation. I had negotiated that in my contract up front because it was already paid for. Think about it. Beautiful Albuquerque, New Mexico. If you've never been to the world's largest hot air balloon festival, mm. meet me there next year. 50th anniversary next year. Now, at the time, I was being what I thought was a good employee. And I was staying in touch with my boss, the CEO, while I was on vacation. Now, I don't advocate to that to my clients anymore. I tell them, honey, when you're on vacation, you're on vacation. What was it uh, Maya Angelou said? You know, when we learn better, we do better. And that's all I knew at the time. So I got an email and it asked my opinion on something. And I replied right back. And I waited because he usually replies right back. Twelve hours later, we come in from dinner and cocktails and there goes my phone. Ding, Carol Boston, you've got mail. And here's what it said. It said, Carol, comma, that's what you really think. And it had five question marks behind it. Then it said, when your vacation is over, don't come into this office on Monday. You're done here. What? Wow. I just got fired in an email. <laughs> I was like, I don't get fired. So I came back to Florida. I had an interview the very next day. I mean, I'd had a very successful career. And Steph, I interviewed all over this country, sometimes three and four interviews deep to crickets, to dead silence. And I thought, how I, I mean, I depleted my 401k. When I tell you how long, how long, how many months, years I looked for a job because I was determined to do what? Stay in my comfort zone, right? Stay with what was familiar. Mm -hmm. And many months into this process, 
faith is my foundation. So in my prayer time, I was like, God, <laughs> I really did kind of yell because I was at that point. <laughs> And I said, look, you created me. You know, I'm not cut out to be an entrepreneur. I do not want to own my own business. You go. Oh, you froze or I froze one. Oh, we froze up. See you there. Okay. I think, I, hang on just a second. You're froze. Am I frozen still? Uh, you're coming back. Yeah. Okay. Now. Okay. We're back. That'll be part of the interesting story because I'm living in transition. And the one thing I can't control is the internet. So, um, but if I go away, I always come back. <laughs> so where was I in? Hold on. Where was, oh, and I got out of two weeks to the day from that prayer to God, out of the blue, I got an email from a woman that I met one time out of town at a conference. She gifted me a $3,500 ticket to go to Los Angeles to Gorilla Business School. Now, I tell people my God has a sense of humor, right? Because Guerrilla Business School was a foundational school for entrepreneurs. I'm like, are you kidding me? I don't know what I don't know. And what I was doing was not working. So off I went to Los Angeles. And the very first thing I learned, this is going to be the title of my first solo book later this year. You can't read the label when you're inside a jar. Mm -hmm. And we're all in a jar. And the second thing I learned was about empowering questions. And I was amazed. This is in 2015, in May of 15, and I was determined to master them. And I studied with some of the best. Michael Strasner, Nurka, Leadership, John Maxwell, Lisa Nichols. Um, I mean, I'm all about personal accountability and leadership. And yet, this is important for your audience to hear. I stayed in resistance. I started that journey in 2015. Now, I want you to fast forward to the fall of 2017. Think about this. Almost two and a half years later, I've got two coaching certifications, but I'm not a full-time coach. I kept holding on to these three other products and services that I wanted to sell into uh, HR of large corporations. Because why? That was my comfort zone, mm -hmm. right? And what I one of the things I learned from that is there's a big difference between being committed to something and being convicted. You see, people decommit all the time, don't they? They say... I'm committed to this marriage for life until the day I'm not, right? Or I'm committed to losing this 20 pounds and then it becomes next Monday, next month, next year. But when you're convicted, when you're convicted, you won't rest until you get it done. And that was the point I had to find. And I had to learn that your comfort and your convenience and your conviction do not live on the same block. They're not even in the same zip code. You got to get uncomfortable. So it wasn't until... I let go of those other three services and I was convicted that I was going to grow this coaching uh, and speaking business, that things began to happen. And so one of the golden nuggets for your audience is that often the path you fear the most is the one you're meant to be on. And that is the beginning of how I got to where I am today. Oh, I love that story. I love that. There's so many gold nuggets in there. Uh, <laughs> I love this. Uh, your comfort, your convenience and your conviction don't yes. live on the same block. That is powerful. That is powerful. And, you know, I love this because um, are, are you familiar with uh, Dr. Benjamin Hardy? No, he's Yeah. He talked, he was talking about, I, I'm not sure who said it, but uh, well, the definition of a decision basically is, you know, you cut off all other 
all other options when you make a decision. And I mean, I know that's what that's what you're talking about, but I do agree. It's like I've made the decisions before that I've gone back on like yes. I mean, so many times. And so yeah. I think it is true. It is like you have to be like convicted. You have to have this passion, this motivation that's driving you. And how do you get that? It, it, I mean, it's it's because we we can go after something because it's lucrative or it's you know it's going to help us to get freedom but money is not can't be the only you know denominating factor it's got to be some kind of drive there it all goes back to that why that yes. your why is why you can have that conviction so i really love that i really love that absolutely and you know i've i've actually given talks and workshops before and i had this one gentleman who said no i get him go to work every day for the money and i said no you don't and he said, yeah, I do. And I said, no, you really don't. And I said, are you open to playing? And he goes, well, yeah. I said, may I come out in the audience? He said, yeah. So I went out in the audience and I asked him, I said, so tell me what you do. And he told me and I said, well, what's so great about that? And so he told me, I said, OK, well, what's so great about that? And we dug down, honestly, till the man was in tears until he realized that the reason he was getting up and going to work every day was because of something very deep feelings he had about right about being able to take care of his own kids right but until you get down and do that deep work and honor that and you're right about making it one of the things i help my clients with tremendously every one of them would tell you that they grow tremendously in confidence because we start by learning that confidence is not a feeling confidence is a decision to act right oh my gosh yeah. this is so this is so yeah. cool. Confidence is a decision to act because you can act your way into feeling. Right. You will never feel your way into acting. If you're going to yep. wait till you feel like it, that's yep. why it doesn't get done. I don't feel like it. Well, who right. cares how you feel? Make a decision, right? Right. Right. That's exactly. And, yeah. Go ahead. You know, I, it, a whole, it's so funny. This, con this, this conversation just keeps coming up. Um, I've heard it on like some of my coaching calls and some of other, you know, it's just so uh, like, how you, um, you know, your people sit around and they wait on, they're not going to act until they get the confidence, till they feel this thing moving them. It's like, it's not going to show up and knock on your door. It's like the only way you're going to get it is through, through taking the actions. And, um, and I, so I absolutely love that. Well, one of the things that um, I work with my clients on that helps them do this. And if, when you come on my Facebook page, you'll hear me, I introduce it as Carol's courage to confidence corner. <laughs> but all you got to do is have a little bit of courage to take that next step. Mm -hmm. And that begins to build the confidence. But what's really key and really critical is I help my clients redefine the word success. Mm -hmm. And they begin to learn and embrace and celebrate that success is in the attempt. You must make that attempt without judgment. Mm -hmm. You make the attempt. We take a look at what worked, what didn't work, where we need to make mid-course corrections, we celebrate the fact that we took the step and then we take the next step, right? Because the universe honors what we celebrate. Right. I was in my last job in corporate America. Um, I guess I'd been there about five years. They tripled our quota overnight, literally tripled it overnight. We already had a big quota. So I went into my private meeting with my boss on Monday morning, 8 a.m. sales meeting. And I said, here's what I need you to do for me. I can't even look at that number. It's too big. Every Monday when I come in here, I want you to give me a white piece of paper in big, bold red ink. I want my number for that week, that week. And I would go back and I would tape it on my little sales cubicle. And I'd ask myself, what three things? This is really valuable. 
one of the things I teach on today is called tacking. I took it from a boating term, but I was literally doing tacking back then before I even really knew. So I would say what three things, and they have to be bite-sized, digestible, doable things. What three things can I do today to get me closer to my goal? And each time you do one, you celebrate. And when I say you do it without judgment, maybe it didn't work exactly like you thought it should. We get that should word out of our vocabulary too, right? Um, but you say, okay, this is what we did. And my clients, my clients don't even use the word failure. My clients learn how to go, well, that was a learning lesson. And we look at what we learned and we put it into play. So when you tie in tacking and the art of celebration on a consistent basis with empowering questions, and that's why I call myself the queen of reframe. It's about using empowering questions. All of it. Those, All those of it. three things together, I see so much transformation in my clients. It's incredible. So uh, can you give us uh, like two or three examples of empowering questions for people to take away that they can use for themselves to coach? Absolutely. Themselves? The first thing I'm going to tell you is a huge, huge, huge golden nugget that an empowering question never, ever, ever starts with the word why. You want to write that down. Never starts with the word why. Why brings in defensiveness, which brings in the ego, which brings in emotions. And when emotions go up, intelligence goes down. It's true for every human being, right? So here's one example. If, if you're like me, I never had children, but I had parents. So we've all probably been through this on one side of the ball or the other, right? Let's say that uh, you have a child and they came home late for curfew. And the first thing you said to them is, why are you late? What do they do? Right. Think about your child in that report card. Now, I experienced this as a child. So you come home and your parent doesn't like something or you don't like something on your child's report card. You say, why did you get that grade? The child immediately gets defensive. You end up in an argument and it goes nowhere. Come on, let's be honest. That's what happens. What if you had approached that child with this question? What one thing? Because when you're asking empowering questions, you must be specific. What one thing could you do differently next semester to improve upon that grade? Think you'd have a different conversation? Yeah. Totally. yeah. And that child, that child is much more likely to do whatever it is because they thought it up. Right. Yeah. They thought it up. Yeah. I love right. that. It's, it's because when we ask our, our brain for some kind of like answer to a question like that, it starts to look for it and it's going to look for it until it finds it. And so I love that. Well, that's the that's the big, big caveat with empowering questions is that you put them out to God and the universe on a consistent basis. You're not to try to figure out the answer. That is not what an, an empowering question is. You're, you're telling I'm faith based, but you can use the universe. I, I tell God I'm open to seeing, hearing, saying or doing something I've never done before. Mm. And that's what helps us get outside of our jar, because we have opportunities sitting right here that we can't see because it doesn't look like what we think it should look like. So we miss out on so many of our opportunities. And one of the things I really help my clients with, you know, people want to hold on so tightly to what they think is theirs. Their hands are never open for all that the universe has to give them. We have to let go of that control. You have to be willing to trust in the process. And I was listening to Pastor Stephen Furtick um, probably a couple of months ago. And his story fits right in. He's a great pastor out of North Carolina. And he went to the doctor because his elbow was killing him, just killing him. So he goes to the doctor. Doctor says, oh, it's golfer's elbow. It's a lot like tennis elbow. He says, but I don't play either one of those sports. I just lift a lot of weights. 
the doctor paused and he leaned in and he said, yep, and you could lift a lot more loose in your grip. Think about that. Wait, re think about repeat that. that here. Repeat that, Carol. You just froze up a little bit. He went, he, he lifted, he said he didn't do either two of those and he lifted, he lifted weights. And he, what did the doctor say? The doctor leaned in and said, and you could lift a lot more weight if you would loosen your grip. <laughs> I love that. That's, that's awesome. It's so true. I mean, I've been a weightlifter. I've gone to that chiropractor with m massive tendonitis in both elbows because I was holding on so tight to those weights. But we do uh, that in our lives. Yeah, we do that. We do that in our lives. Right. And what's so, what's so key for people and just jump in because, you know me, I'm going to talk. So <laughs> I will. I will. <laughs> Sometimes you have to trust in someone else's vision for you until you can believe it for yourself. Mm -hmm. I want you to really think about that. It's happened three very, very pivotal times in my life. We don't have time today for all three stories, but it's how I got a tennis scholarship. It's how I got from Dallas, Texas to my first corporate job in Miami when I didn't know anybody, didn't know anything about sales. And it's actually how I became a professional speaker because someone else had a vision for me and I chose to trust in that vision and take the next step. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that. You wanted three empowering questions. I'll give you the most powerful of all empowering questions. What else is possible? Ooh, I love that. Yep. And remember, your job is not to figure the answer out. Yeah. I had this one, I had this one very resistant client. If we had time, it's a great story. But bottom line is when he finally agreed to start asking what else is possible, so much radically changed in three days. It was mind blowing. It was incredible. Right. And I've been trying to get him to implement this for months, but he just stayed in resistance. And I asked him, I said, what changed about the way I asked you that question that you finally decided to do it? Because every time I would see him, I'd say, what else is possible? And he thought I was woo woo. He goes, I thought you were so woo woo. He said, but then you told me that story. And I don't usually share this story outside of my clients, but I will hear for you today. So a man died and he went to heaven. And he's walking down a long hallway with St. Peter. And on either side of the hallway, there's doors with people's names above them. And he's excited to be in heaven. And he says, St. Peter, St. Peter, do I have a door? St. Peter, keep walking. Now he's a little nervous. He's like, what? They get to the end of this long hallway. There's the door with his name on it. Now, he's kind of half excited, half not so excited, right? St. Peter flings open his door, and it is a cavernous room. And it is filled with packages, boxes, and bags of all sizes and shapes and colors, floor to ceiling. And the man pauses, and he looks at St. Peter, and he goes, what is all that? And St. Peter said, oh, those are all the gifts that God had to give you while you were on earth that you never received because they didn't look like what you thought they should look like. Mm. Yes, yes. How are many times? Yeah. How are many times have we walked past yeah. those gifts that that uh, we just didn't think was was possible for us? So it's like, right. really, it's um, I think part of it it, it kind of ties into when we do have a vision and then we shut it down because we can't see how to get there. We don't know the way, and yes. it's just it's the same thing. It's not it's not our responsibility to figure out the how that's going to show up for us. It's like really keep your focus on the vision and just trust that the next thing for the next step that you need to take the next step is going to show up for you.
It's so true. And, and I've been living that for the last 18 months, more than anybody probably knows, except people who follow me because, um, I got into a, a bad business situation. It cost me a ton of cash. So last July 30th, 18 months ago, 2019, I sold my house of 26 years, thought I was going to live there forever so that I could take out the equity, pay down some debt and grow this business, right? I was all in. I would tell you at that time that I love stability. I love, I've been there 26 years and I love routine. God saw fit for me to move six times in nine months six times in nine months through chaos and still try to focus on my business. I'm getting ready to have to move again because there happens to be mold in this place and it's causing me health problems. Right. And I'm just like, I had someone say to me, how are you doing that in all this chaos? And I said, my job is to take the next step. God gives me a lamplight for my feet to take the next step. But one of the things I want to share with your audience is we create as we speak. Are you listening to what you're saying? Mm -hmm. Not just out loud, but to yourself. Because a year before I sold my house, literally a year on August 2nd, 2018, I gave my very first workshop at Kaiser University. And in looking back, the title of that talk was so prophetic for what was going to happen in my life. And it was titled Leadership, colon, Navigating a Successful Course in the Winds of Change. Oh, it's <laughs> so freaking awesome. I mean, it's not, but it is. <laughs> I heard this morning uh, I was in Clubhouse in a room and uh, had shared some of my story. And uh, and the guy, Twan, I, I don't know his last name, but he's one of the leaders in the room. And one of the moderators said, Steph, repeat after me. Your pain is your passport. And I really, I absolutely love that. And uh, I shared it in my group this morning. So, mm -hmm. um, so I, I love this. This has been so, this has been awesome. I can't wait to see, you know, where I can't wait to see till your next book comes out and, and where, you know, where you're going. Cause I know you're going places and I know um, eventually you're probably going to settle down somewhere. <laughs> and and <laughs> post COVID, when COVID's all over. Yeah. When COVID's all over. So tell us a little bit, uh, um, about like what you're like, we have this summit coming up. Uh, tell us a little bit about your thoughts or what you're sharing on the summit. Uh, the women who boss up summit next week. Women who boss up. Um, I think Tam gave my chapter title, uh, turning small steps into giant leaps. Last year I was hired six times to speak and to teach and train inside American express. And that was really, it was called failing courageously how to turn small steps into giant leaps. And it's really the path I'm living in the, and the path I'm on. And it includes teaching on those three tools that I mentioned that work interchangeably, tacking, celebrate the art of celebration and empowering questions. And then I got invited back, right, to do deeper dives on empowering questions in the areas of probing, in the areas of values, different things. But the book for me, um, there's another lady uh, as one of the authors and she had already told me, look, Carol, a book doesn't make you rich, but it gives you credibility. And over the course of the last couple of years, people keep kept saying to me, write a book, right? Put that in a book, write a book. You need to write a book. So when this opportunity came about, I think it's a way for me to ease into it with a group of collaborators, having someone, the producer, Tam, who knows what she's doing because she's already done it. Teach was an easier step for me. Sometimes, you know, you, Sometimes the leap just seems too big. 
whether it's true in reality or not. Think about that. One of the things I, one of the things I give my clients when the leap from where they are to where I know they're created to be is too big. I have them put this phrase in front of it. And this is what I did for me to get into this book. I give myself permission to consider that I'm a best-selling author. I'm going to write that down. I give myself permission to consider that I'm a best-selling author and that helped me take the leap. So I'm excited about this summit. Um, to be candid, I don't really even know what all was in my talk. <laughs> That's awesome. I'll be candid. That happens. That happens to me sometimes real, real quick story. I know we're probably going to wrap up here, but real quick story. Um, a couple of months ago, I went on my Facebook live at 11 a.m. And I said, come back at 1130. I've got this great guest, blah, 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 blah. And I hopped off. And at 1130, the guest didn't show up. At 1135, the guest didn't show up. At 1137, I said, I better go live. So I entitled my live, where's the guest? Where's the guest? Like, where's Waldo? <laughs> and I went on. This is a true story. I don't make this stuff up. <clears throat> I went on. And I said, you're probably wondering, where the hell is the guest? <laughs> you just get me today. And I said, as long as it's just me and we don't have to be formal, I'm going to roll up my sleeves. And so I did. And I talked for about 15 and a half minutes. Less than two hours later, excuse me, <clears throat> I get a private message from somebody. And I'm like, do I know this person? They said, I want to get unstuck. I want to get unstuck. Here's my phone number. Call me. And I thought, did I even talk about getting unstuck? <laughs> <laughs> And I, I messaged her. I said, do you want to talk or you want to Zoom? And she goes, Zoom. We set it up for the next day. This woman says to me, we get on the Zoom and she goes, oh, my God, I've been so excited for this meeting. I went back and watched your live again. I haven't gone back and watched it. My coach said, go back and watch it because I'm encouraging your audience. You just got to show up sometime. You've got to show up. You know, the day, next day I had a new client. Uh-huh. That's exactly the, that's exactly when you said that, I'm like, this is the story of, and I wasn't sure where you were taking it, but I've heard like so many times people are going live for a challenge or to teach something or whatever, and they, they are afraid to show up and then um, they'd go ahead and do it and somebody gets some amazing takeaway. And so just showing up, even if, even if no one shows up, you're going to grow showing up. Amen. No one showed up and, and no telling who will see that. Um, after the fact and may get some life-changing nugget out of it. So I think that's so, it, so, it's so true. And I said on an interview the other day, I said, do you know what the most expensive real estate in the world is? I had people put it in the chat, right? Nobody got it. The most expensive real estate in the world is our cemeteries. That's where every book that was never written died. Every song that was never sung died. Every invention that was never made died. Right. Because someone didn't want to just show up. Yeah. Um, I think it's in Napoleon Hills. I don't know where it is. I've seen it in multiple places before. But when you get an inspiration from the universe or from God or whatever, you, whatever it is that you call it, to act on it with speed because it'll go away. And it might be the, the one 
million dollar message that you got from the universe. It might be the one thing that's going to change your life or, or change someone's life. Those inspirations, yes. um, people that have acted on them. It's like, I just got this wild idea in the shower one time and they go on to make an eight figure company. So, yeah. <laughs> so these are like, like, like huge things. And the, the other point, and, and then we are going to wrap it up. I want to know where people can find you, but, but um, well, I, t- I totally forgot that, but um I think it was it was something in the story that you just told, and I forgot what it was. I've been doing that a lot lately. The cemetery story, or the one about which one? The pat, the pre- gifts. No, I think it was the cemetery story, but it, it doesn't matter. It's it's like one of those things that just was fleeting thought, and and it was a point that in the story that you told that I wanted to make, and I can't think of what it was right now. But well, I can I can tell you I can tell you another point. You want another point? Yeah, sure, of course. I believe that God went to a lot of trouble to give every one of us a fingerprint that nobody's ever had and that nobody will ever have. But he did that so that you can leave a unique handprint on the world. Nobody can leave your handprint. You got to stop playing small, hire a coach, step up, play big in the world and be all that you were created to be and stop being that story that you brought with you. Right. All right. I love that. I love that. And we do all have some unique gift. And when we quit trying to compare ourselves to others and trying to be like others and let that thing that we have shine through, that's where the that's where the magic happens, I think. And so we all have that magic within us. It is let me tell you, it is so true. Last Wednesday, and for your crowd that wants to come, this I'm gonna be doing this every Wednesday at 5 30 Eastern. Craft cocktails with Carol. I love that. So I showed up last Wednesday and uh, my VA was like, what are you going to do? I said, well, it's the new year. Well, I'll do a couple of things around champagne and you'll find it on all my Facebook lives. I'm very buttoned up. I, you know, I'm very kind of corporate dress and I, and this one wasn't. And she said, oh my God, people got to see how you, who you really are, that you're funny, that you do all these things. But the feedback I got just from showing up, just from showing up. Yeah. And I have an idea of how to eventually turn this into a money-making proposition. Awesome. I've, already, I've already started reaching out to people, right? I know the president of the Fort Lauderdale Whiskey Society. I know a gentleman who owns four large liquor stores and there's going to be a way it's starting on my own personal Facebook page. All of my social media, all of it is at the Carol Boston. At the Carol Boston. Yeah. yeah. That gets you to LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Um, That'll get you to my uh, my coaching page. Uh, I'm, you know, most of the things I'm doing right now are on my personal page. I'm growing my coaching page and I'm growing my my new um, group. Love to have you come to the group. Uh, you can get a freebie in the group. And it's going to give you five empowering questions to help you kickstart 2021. My group is Year with No Fear. Ooh, Year with No Fear. Yes. Awesome. I will put that in the show notes for the podcast. Thank you. And uh, God, thank you so much. This has been amazing. Like literally there are so many gold nuggets in here. I can't wait to, I can't wait for the podcast to air and you guys that, uh, that, that watch live. Thanks for watching. And uh, I think that's about it. You got anything? Is there anything? Oh, I know the question I wanted to ask you. This is one of my favorite questions to ask and then we'll wrap up. If you could have a billboard with any message that you wanted to the world on it, what would it be? It would be what else is possible. Hmm. What else is possible? If you wanted a, a longer message on my billboard, it would be take the next step. 
I love it. Either one, there could be a billboard on either side of the freeway, like, like just people driving and then getting that question, what's possible. And then they've yeah. got a 200 mile drive. Just think about that. That's awesome. <laughs> that question going in your head, no telling what would that that billboard might change the world. <laughs> no kidding. And, you know, when you talk about taking the next step, one of the things that I learned from a mentor many years ago, his, his name is Keith Cunningham. He wrote the book Keys to the Vault. And he taught me that anything worth doing, anything is worth doing poorly the first time. And then you learn and you do better. So just take right. the next step without judgment. Right. I remember, um, I, I keep saying, I'm a, I, I remember when uh, I like lifelong athlete always been almost could, could pretty much pick up any ball and do something with it, like just kind of mm -hmm. like naturally. And I remember as an adult trying to pick up tennis and just getting so frustrated because my not tennis, uh, golf, my balls mm -hmm. would go over here, my balls would go in, and then <laughs> one, every once in a while I would hit one straight on that would just knock it out of the, not out of the park, but whatever. And I, and I would think, Oh my God, that's, that's what kept me coming back. But it's that, that thing of just, just, you're not ever going to get better at it if you don't just do it and, and just be willing to fail at it and fail at it and, and grow with each, with each attempt. So, so this has been um, absolutely fun and amazing. And we're gonna have to do it again. Like Love definitely you. when your other book comes out, definitely want to have you back on the show to do it again. And okay. uh, I can't wait for next week to get to hang out with you and some other amazing women for the summit. So guys, uh, definitely come to the women who boss up summit and you can find out about that. Uh, well, if you're watching live here, I'm going to actually drop it in the comments, but, um, but the book women who boss up uh, secrets to health, wellness, secrets, health. I say it differently and I'm going to cheat and tell you why yeah, go ahead. I say health, wealth, and wellness in creating a lifestyle that they love. Oh, I love that. I love that. I love the wealth part in there. That's good. It's true. You know, when you first got me in this book, I always thought it was there because that's really the area that I'm in. Most of my clients double and triple their income. Yeah. And then when it wasn't in the title, I'm like, yeah, you'll see every one of mine. I put the word wealth in there because yeah. Yeah, they're all they're all intertwined. I thought and it was I, wealth too. Until I yeah. saw the title. <laughs> so that's yeah, it yeah, it, it is in our book. It is yeah, in our book. It is in our book. I, I was gonna say one other quick thing. If any of you out there have a question for me, whether it's on hashtag replay or you have a challenge that you would like me to craft an empowering question around, please put it in the comments and I'll come back and, and follow up with you. Thank you so much. Absolutely, absolutely. So guys, thanks so much. And uh thanks for listening to Authority Marketing Edge. Dream, I've got the edge.